Hello, this is Christy Kendall with the Align Yourself to Success podcast. And around here, our passion and purpose is to empower entrepreneurs to extraordinary profit through highest level transformation. When you begin with your mind and alignment, you are limitless and you are powerful. And today we have with us Mahara Wayman, and she's going to be talking about how we can achieve audacious goals using mindfulness. So welcome. Hey, Christy, thank you so much for having me on your program. I'm so excited. Yes, me too. I love your energy and your vibe and mindfulness is so great for all of us, but I really love achieving audacious goals. So tell us a little bit about how you got here, your journey in helping women achieve audacious goals. Well, um, it's, it's actually a funny story because I got here through the back door. And I say that because it was a quote, really difficult event that opened up my eyes. So during COVID, like many, many thousands of women across the globe, I was um, invited to leave my corporate job. So my family immediately went, oh my God, you lost your job. And I said, no, no, no. Oh my God, I gained my dream. And they're like, huh, what's that? What are you talking about? But I really felt it that when I, because I had been miserable for the last, for the few months leading up to this experience, I was so ready for it. So when it happened, I immediately looked at it as my chance. This is my chance to live my dream, figure out what I want and do things that really made me happy that were not necessarily building somebody else's dream, but I was working towards my own. So I set about on a path of discovery where I took courses, I asked questions, and I wrote like a mad woman. And through it all, I realized that I had I had put my dreams on hold without even realizing it, because I got sucked into the reality that society tells us of what makes a good life. So I found a good husband, I have beautiful children, I live in a nice home, I wear nice clothes. But through all of that, I wasn't actually doing what made me happy. You know, I didn't do anything that was really audacious. God forbid being audacious didn't pay the bills until now. (laughs) So now I work with women to help them figure out what's missing from their lives, because I know what it feels like to be, to have it all, but still be having that little niggle on the inside. And when I started my business, I I'll be totally honest. I'm a wordsmith and I love the sound of mindfulness with Mahara. And one of my friends said, yeah, but do you even know what that is? And I'm like, well, I don't, but I will. (laughs) So it was part of my discovery was understanding really that I didn't have to get into a yoga pose to have a mindful experience. So I ended up creating a program around this which basically says, I'm giving away the farm here, but it basically says we have senses as human beings. If we focus on one sense for even 60 seconds, it's a component of being mindful. So when I'm eating, for example, I have learned to really taste it, feel the texture in my tongue, smell it, um, and have a more focused experience on my senses. And I, I share with my clients that you know, when you're having a stressful day, you can just take a day, take a breath and look around you and focus on something and get very curious about what it is that you see. For example, my wall is filthy. 
oh my God, you know, my walls need to be washed, but I'm so focused on that. I'm not worrying about how the podcast is going, for example. So I fell into mindfulness kind of through the back door of a life-changing event, but I'm so grateful that I did. I'm really, really grateful that I did. Yeah, I love what you said about being invited to leave your corporate job. That's such a positive mindset about the whole thing. Yeah. Okay, before we get into the good stuff, let's pull a card. See what we got today. Your guests can't see this, but I'm sitting up straight as if I can possibly look into the camera, you know, into the, into the Zoom and, and read it myself. What, is, what did we get? Yes. I got, in what ways do you think I heal others? So I would switch that up to this, our, this, what we're doing right now. How is this healing others? Well, what I've learned, um, and I started learning this long before my corporate career even, but what I know from experience is that one of the greatest gifts we can give another human being is the gift of our attention mm. and the gift of listening. Because I know when I was feeling off, let's say, I felt better knowing I wasn't alone. So when I do things like this, and again, thank you for the opportunity, when I do things like this, it is a gift to people that are listening so that they can go, oh my gosh, that sounds like me. Or wow, someone understands. Wow, they're talking to me. Because as I've said before, I think it's the greatest gift we can give each other is being able to say, I see you. I hear you. I feel you. You know, we're spiritual beings having a human existence. That's how I feel. And as that one of our greatest drives is to feel connected. And we can feel connected through challenge. We can feel connected through sorrow. And God knows we can feel connected through joy. So really, I strive to build a connection with, with everybody that I meet so that I can support them in whatever way they need. I love that answer. And the thing that came to my mind, there, I have two stories to support that. I was probably around 25 years old. And I was talking to my stepmother's mother. And when I started talking, she put her stuff down and she turned to me and she gave me full and complete undivided attention. She was listening to me. I had never had that experience before and I will never forget it. Wow. And it just like you said, just being seen and heard in that moment, I wasn't talking about anything extraordinary. And she, and I, that feeling that was a gift. I had never had that experience before. And my second story is my granddaughter, who you just saw, when you look at her in complete connection and talk to her, she lights up and she starts talking back. I mean, she's four months old, so her talking is noises, but you can tell she's like having a conversation with you. That complete and total connection, people thrive on it. So I love how you answered that. Oh, and you know, it's interesting because when I, when I first started on this journey, about a year and a half ago, the first thing I did was I started to write. I, I started to blog because I thought maybe I'd become a professional blogger. I did not become a professional blogger. Just let me <laughs> I couldn't come up with new stories every day. But the very first story I wrote, and I've, I've revisited it recently, 
Um, I recalled an incident from my past, probably going back 35 years. I was a young woman and I was a receptionist for a pair of psychics that would hold a every weekend at a, at a local market in the town, the city that I grew up in. And I was their receptionist. And one afternoon, this older East Indian gentleman came up very slowly. He was a little bit bedraggled. And he asked me very gently and quietly if there was any space available that afternoon for him to have a reading. And I checked my calendar and I said, I'm terribly sorry, but no, we're all booked up. And I put my arm out and I touched his arm and I said, how can I help you today? And he looked at me and said, you just did. And then he oh. turned around and walked away. Now, as a 20 year old something, I forgot all about it. I didn't, it didn't really connect with me until a year and a half ago when I thought, what do I wanna write about? And I remembered this story and that was the beginning, I think, of my understanding on the power of human connection because I did not find him an appointment, but I asked him how I could help. And I looked him in the eye and I touched his arm. And I get the chills when I remember that story. And I actually told it to a, a friend of mine who was a, a psychic medium and she said, Oh, he was one of your, he's one of your guides. And I got the shivers all again, but regardless, it was a beautiful moment of understanding that, wow, sometimes that's all it takes, right? Just a touch, a question, how are you? I see you. So yeah, thanks. And maybe you were one of his guides. Oh, absolutely. We're yeah. all in together. Yeah, I love that. So you have written a book. And it is called Essential Insights to Living Your Best Life. Yes. I think that is an incredible title. I'm sure it's an incredible book. But tell us about that. How did that come about? And you want to give us some of those insights? This, yeah, this is so funny. So um, about a year, well, not even a year ago. What am I talking about? In the spring, I have a business coach. And she was trying to help me grow my business. So she said, Mahara, why don't you create a lead generation document, which basically is something free that you give away to your, to your clients. And she said, why don't you take one of your stories that you've written? You're such a good writer. And the minute she said that, I went, nope, I'm going to write a book instead. But thanks for the idea. And she went, uh, a, a book? I didn't mean that's going to like, what, a book? But I took some of the stories that I'd already written because I realized that almost all of my stories, they're all personal. They all, these ones in particular, had a lesson attached to them. So I took these stories that I saw lessons and I turned it into a workbook. So it's, I've got eight stories in total. And after each story, I share what I learned. I invite the reader to um, do the same. There's some reflection exercises. There's uh, journal prompts. And a component that I'm really excited about, which I think makes the book a little different, is I've added what I call um, not, not so much an attitude of gratitude, but it's, it's the invitation to take aligned action on the gratitude or on the lesson. Because I really believe that, you know, learning a lesson is one thing and being grateful for the lesson is one thing, but taking aligned action that combines the two takes it, it's like 10Xing the lesson. So I, I put this book together. And I cover what I think are essential insights to living your best life. Um, and what I found with it, it's very personal. 
But so many people are able to resonate because a couple of the stories deal with my relationship with my aged mother. I write a couple stories on being a mother and then being a, a woman in middle age going, what now? So I've, um, I've loved writing the book and the, the response that I'm getting is twofold. Some people say, wow, it's like having you in my back pocket because it's, it sounds a lot like me and it's, it's a little book. And other people are saying, how did you know? How did you know I struggle when my mom calls? Even though I love her, I don't know how to talk to her because she's that much older. How did you know that it can be so hard to be a parent? I'm like, cause I have two kids. <laughs> so it's been, it's been a beautiful experience. And I think, um, you know, the things that I talk about, I'll just give you some of them clarity, so important, right? It's so easy to jump into a situation with judgment because we're not clear on what's really happening. I talk about the power of language and the dialogue, the stories that we all have playing in our head. I also talk about, I end the book with the power of dreaming so that, you know, it's great to live a life, but it's also great to learn how to dream. So I, I that's the one story that hasn't happened yet because I actually, Oh my God, talk about burying your soul. I have shared my dream document with the world in the story. So everybody knows that, you know, I plan on retiring in Jamaica and, and being a successful author and all of these things. So it covers, it covers a broad spectrum, including motherhood and childhood. So I'm very proud of it. Yeah, I'm excited to read it. The power of dreaming. Clarity. Clarity is one of those things that we all start out with, right? As coaches, as transformation facilitators, I hear that a lot. Clarity, clarity, clarity. Share with us a little bit about clarity, your perspective on clarity and how, why it's so important, really. Well, oh, that's such a, you know, first of all, I agree with you hundred percent. Everybody talks about clarity. What I think is missing from most people's understanding of clarity is that, first of all, everybody has an opinion and everybody's right. So with only one degree of a, of a change in perspective, you can have a whole new, it's completely clear to the person next to you. But understanding what is clarity and what's clear for you and your dreams and your value system, I think is what makes a difference. Because of course, everybody can look and say, oh yeah, the sky is blue and the grass is green. But if I don't like the color green, then I could easily say, yeah, the sky is blue and the grass is gross. Because I have a different value system around the color green. That's a really weird example. But I could spend my whole coaching, my whole six month container on coaching just on clarity. That's how deep it can go. And I think what's really important to understand with clients as well is we all have our limit. It's like, you know what? This is as much clarity as I can take for a day, a week, a month, a lifetime. And as a coach, I, I'm learning to honor that because if just because I've learned to go seven layers deep doesn't mean that somebody else either wants to or needs to. So clarity is very subjective but it can be a lot of fun. It doesn't have to be this heavy cloak of, oh my God, I didn't realize. It can be, oh my God, I didn't realize. Mm -hmm. So yeah. very important, 
And, and like I said, it, it's a different journey for everyone, but such an important starting point because if we have, if we give ourselves permission to be brave and really look for what our lives mean to us and um, articulate what we want our lives to mean, then we are that much closer to achieving it. But it does take, it does take a question, right? It does take looking in and sort of cross-referencing, well, how does that make me feel? Why did I do that? Why do I feel that way? Why, 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 why? It's almost as if, you know, when there's when you were a kid or when you had small children, they always asked you, how come? For me, it was how come? How come, mama? How come I can't do this? How come I can't? And I think as adults, many of, a, of us have forgotten to do that because we're so used to just being a certain way. But I really encourage everyone I meet, especially my clients, to ask, how come? Just ask and let's have a great discussion around it because asking the question can open up such an amazing opportunity for growth just in the conversation. Yeah, I. this is all resonating very powerfully with me. One of the things that you said along with that was language. You talk about language in your book and the stories in our heads. And I have a book on the seven elements of alignment. And I address that in there just on a different take. But two of the elements, one is assumptions, never make assumptions. And number two is don't take things personally, never take anything personally. And so it fits really, really well in there. And my solution for that is curiosity. So I love your wording and your take on that whole perspective. But let's talk about language and these stories in our head. How do you get out of the stories in your head? And how do you retell them? So this is what I found a lot of times. People might recognize that they have negative thoughts, but they're in a container that, you know, you're limited by your own belief systems and your own perspectives. So it's hard to think of another story. There's a hard, it's hard sometimes to look like, well, what, what else is there? What's a different story that you can't yeah, even that's... get? Out of it if you don't even know that is such a great observation um and i love that you brought it up so what i'm finding is that it all starts with identifying the story and where it came from because even if you don't know what a new story is if you can say to yourself okay that's just not true i don't know what i'm going to replace it with but for now i know that it's not true that i'm an idiot or that I'm a bitch, or that I can't lose weight. These are some stories that are pretty common for me. Um, that's just not true. If I have the energy to go further, then I'll do that. But sometimes it's okay for me to just say, oh, that's a story, is it true? I don't think it's true. Okay, I'm gonna leave it, like, I'm gonna leave it there for now. So when clients say to me, because often it comes up when I talk to them about what's their dream, and they'll be like a total blank, I don't know, I don't know. I actually call bullshit. I'm like, I don't believe that. Somewhere in your world, you have said to yourself, God, I wish. And, but they're not used to saying it or they're not used to thinking it. So they've dampened it down all their lives. I shouldn't feel that way. I shouldn't think that way. Um, and I love bringing that out in them because it can be fun. As I said before, you know, this journey of self-discovery doesn't have to hurt. There may be some hurt because as I said, you know, we're humans, we all have hurt but it can be very freeing and helping my clients to figure out the story can be a lot of fun 
And it's like, oh my God, make believe, just make, give me make believe. Okay, make believe I'm 110 pounds. No, that's way too skinny. I'm 120 pounds and I'm a ski jumper and I, I can sing, I'm singing on stage, you know, whatever. We have a lot of fun with it. But stories, we are a society of storytellers. And what I encourage, and I started this with my children is I just would ask them, what story do you want to tell the world? Like, what do you want to tell the world? Because everything you do tells a story. The clothes you wear, the haircut you have, um, the language that you use, the job you have, everything tells a story. And if you can check in with yourself that the story is matching your values and is telling the story that you want it to tell, you're golden. That's a happy life as far as I'm concerned because you're staying true. Yeah, I remember I worked with a speaking coach years ago. And one of the things that she had us do was tell our story, but we didn't know, you know, it wasn't put in a story format. It was just, you know, our perspective of something that happened. And then she taught us how to reconfigure and reconstruct that story to make a difference in somebody's life and to use it as our power tool. Totally blew my mind and changed every single thing about how I think about my past and how I think about telling my story and how I tell stories. And that's what that made me think of is just everybody's story is powerful. It can make a difference and make an impact. How, but how are we seeing it? Do we still see it from a negative perspective? Or are we looking at it as this is something that made me this great person that I am today. And so I get to tell it from that perspective or this mm. other perspective. Mm, I love that. Uh, the other thing that I've learned, and I learned this the hard way. I got in the habit of, of being... Um, of, of sharing a negative story about myself, thinking that it was cute, right? Think, making light of it. But what I saw in other people's faces was shame. And I was embarrassed actually, that my story and my effort to be frivolous and lighthearted about something I was going through affected them so deeply. And I realized that I was doing not only myself a disservice, but I was doing my audience a disservice as well, because I was putting judgment on myself. And by doing that, I think I was inviting them to do the same about themselves. And that's not what I wanted to do with the story. Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it was, it was really eye-opening. And I thought, wow, that's, that's not what I wanted. I don't want to be that type of a storyteller. I don't want to make people feel badly about themselves in any way, shape or form, even though that's not my intention. My intention was to laugh at myself, but it wasn't funny. I can see, I can see what you're saying with that because we talk about in the coaching world that when we can own who we are, our flaws and our genius and everything else, it gives permission for other people, but it's the context in which you say it and tell it. That's exactly it. It's all in the storytelling. It's all in the storytelling. You're making somebody feel shame, but from you telling your story, it is going to get them, they're going to hide. Yeah. And if you're and it saying so, it. It was so innocent. And I, I might as well share with, share with you what it was. I was sharing, I used to work for years, I worked for Weight Watchers. And I would stand up in front of a group of members and I would say, I'm really struggling too. I've gained five pounds. I'm really struggling. And they would look at me and go, 
are you kidding me? I would kill to be your size. That's how simple it was. And I realized when they kind of, they all kind of cocked their heads and went, well, you're not overweight. Like, what are you talking about? I realized that I had fallen victim to my own world bias on weight and my own personal value on weight. And it was a huge wake up call. So there are so many things that we say innocently that affect people and they may not even realize it. So part of why I think talking about language and our stories is so powerful is that we highlight these opportunities. You know, so when I, you know, I used to say in front of my kids, oh, I got to lose weight. Mommy's just oh, talking, okay, no, mommy's not going to have dessert. Mommy needs to lose weight. Well, what did I teach my children? I didn't mean to teach them, but I did teach them that it's a concern. So I love the component of my group coaching that, that talks about storytelling and the words that we use. Um, and did you know that there, well, I'm sure you do, but Brené Brown talks about the fact that there are so many emotions uh, that we can use to describe our feelings, but the average human only knows 10 or something like that. I don't have the exact breakdown, but you know, people will say automatically, are you feeling today? Oh, I'm stressed. Well, are you stressed? Are you tired? Are you lonely? Are you depressed? Like, what, what do you mean by stressed? It's become one of those catch-all words for anything but good. But it's an example of, wouldn't it be great if everybody could articulate, I'm feeling mm, frightened at the moment because I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills. Okay, I get that. That's different from feeling, I'm feeling anxious about my daughter who's struggling in school. So why did you get me started on language? Look at me. I've gone off on a side topic like a. I love language. Language is such, it's everything. It's what connects us or disconnects us. It's mm -hmm. It can change our stories in our head. It can leverage us as an expert or make us look like a victim. It's, it's everything. Language is everything. And it comes after clarity because if you know who you are, and you know how, what perspective and how you want to share your story and what intention you have from it, then you're going to use language to empower yourself and others. And just for example, that story you talked about standing in front of women who, if you're in Weight Watchers, you may have a lot more than five pounds to worry about. And then you have somebody saying this, well, I am struggling too, but you could have created that story. And I'm sure you do now in a way that says, here I am standing in front of you at a, at a weight many of you aspire to. Yet, it, it, we all have our own struggles and five pounds to me may feel like 50 pounds to you. It may affect me in a way that makes me want to hide and feel shameful yeah. and blah, 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 blah. You could have used it to alleviate their shame versus mm -hmm. shaming them. Exactly. And that's what's so brilliant about language and understanding the power of it is that when we when we know better, we do better to quote Maya Angelou. But it is possible to say, would you be surprised to know that I'm uncomfortable standing up in front of you right now? Mm, yeah. Would that be a surprise to you? It would. How come? Interesting. You know, then we'd have a brilliant conversation. Curiosity. Yeah. Curiosity is everything. And really you and I both know that it's not the number, right? It's all of the things that go, that, that we attach to the number. Um, 
but I love that you recognize that language comes after clarity because I've pulled up my book as a reminder because, but the first story is on clarity. My second story is on self-talk. The third story is on um, recognizing how courageous we are as women. Next is laughter is the best medicine. And then looking at um, our shadow selves and how they play out when we least expect it. And then it sort of goes on and I, I end with, as I said, being learning how to dream and the fact that we are born dreamers. And if we could go back to childhood, man, we would, you know, kids have no problem going, I'm going to walk on the, you know, I'm going to be a, an astronaut and I'm going to be a doctor and I, I, I'm going to be this. Like it doesn't even enter their head that they can't. And what I wish for my clients and what we work on all the time is just be a kid again, just with that type of imagination and um, freedom of freedom of, of playing, right? It really, life can be a game. Yeah. And those, what I thought of with that, when you were saying that is we, those stories that we're telling ourselves in our head, make us believe that our dreams aren't possible. Hmm. So we, then we start making our dreams smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller, and then we're settling. Yeah. And I just did a podcast with a gal and she talked about just believe a hundred percent that your dreams are possible. And the way she was talking about and wording it was like expanding my own mind. Like how little have I made my dreams just because of doubt or one dream didn't happen or some person talked me out of having that as a dream. I think one of the most powerful things that we can do is to remember that if we can think it or dream it, it has already happened. It is not possible for the human mind to imagine something that can't be done. And I can't remember who actually said that, but it brings me such comfort because I now understand that just because I don't know how to get there in this exact moment doesn't mean it can't happen. It just means I haven't figured it out yet. And full kudos to my father, who is no longer with us, but I was raised in an atmosphere of the universe knows and it's you don't have to figure it out. When I was a young teenager, I didn't know what the hell he was talking about, but he often would say to me, that's not your business, sweetheart. That's the universe's business. You just stay true about what you want and it'll happen. And I really didn't understand. And it's taken, I'm in my fifties now and he's long past, but I'm like, daddy, I get it. I get it. I don't have to know the how. I just have to know what it is that I want and have faith and take aligned action every day. It's one of the things that I, I you know, help my clients understand is you don't have to have all the answers, but you do have to have the desire, right? You do have to have the belief in yourself and you do have to have, I think, a willingness to be wrong. Because the minute you can give yourself grace and understand that it's not a mistake if you learn from it, guess what? You never make a mistake again. Because the minute you've learned from it, it stops being a quote mistake. You're like, that wasn't a mistake. That was a learning opportunity. I will never speed again, officer. <laughs> right? I've never, I've learned from that, right? It's not a mistake. So um, yeah, so my dad taught me at an early age that I didn't have to have all the answers. I did have to be true to my values though. Yeah. And it does take a lot of work on trust when you've had a lot of trauma in your younger years. I work with a lot of women that have trauma. 
there, you learn to gauge, read a room, read energy, um, foresee what's going to happen. And so then you grow up and that hinders us. It blocks us from taking big action or audacious action, you know, things like that, because we need to control the outcome because it's scary. We don't know what's going to happen there. There's danger on the other side. So getting yourself to a place of healing and understanding and trusting. So you can be that. So you can be that trusting and that knowing in in the universe and yourself. It's absolutely huge. huge. And I think even just from our conversation today, which I'm enjoying so much, by the way, it's very clear that we all have a different story. We all have different levels of trauma or drama, depending on your take. And that's what makes life coaching so beautiful because I know that you feel the same way. It's not a one size fit all. It's not, I'm teaching you how to drive. It's I'm listening to you. I've got tools that can help you hear yourself and have you experience yourself where it doesn't hurt as much. Because what I do believe is our lives on the outside is a direct reflection of our lives on the inside. And if we can, with bravery and, a, and, and support, look at and talk to that part of us that's, that's so damaged and so afraid, then it will get easier. I truly understand now that it's not about ignoring or pretending it doesn't exist. It's about saying, okay, who are you and why are you saying that to me now? Nafara, why did, why did you say that to yourself? Wow. And with curiosity, I've gotten to the bottom of it. Like, wow, I had no idea. But I'm a pretty happy person. But something that someone said to me years and years and years and years and years and years ago, it still has the ability to, you know, bring up emotion. So um, no one ever said it was easy being a happy human, but it is worth the effort. I think, you know, it's worth asking those questions. It's worth it's worth the pain that you can get from it if you can allow yourself the full journey where you can get to the other side and go, okay, I can live with this. Hey, I understand myself a little bit better. All right, you know what? I am gonna let myself dream. I am gonna investigate. I am gonna do one small thing today for me, not for the family necessary or for the boss or for the community, depending on what, where, you know, what your life is like. So many of my clients don't know what it means to spend time on themselves. Isn't that sad? So, yeah. Yeah, it is. We, we are taught to give and give and give and put ourselves second. So this is, this is great. I have loved this conversation. Um, tell people how they can find you or talk to you or work with you or get your book. What is the next steps? Because I'm sure this is gonna resonate with a lot of people. So first of all, thank you again. It has been a great conversation. I go by, you can find me anywhere on any social media platform by my business name, which is Mindfulness with Mahara. My book, you can find available on Amazon. Again, the title of the book is Essential Insights to Living Your Best Life. And it is available as a a hard copy book, or you can get it as a Kindle. And just what I love about the book, I figured out how to do this was I put a QR code in the book so you can scan it and get a free workbook that goes with it. So um, by all means, follow me on Instagram or Facebook. 
um, or just check out my website because a lot of my offerings, all of my offerings are on the website. And right now I'm really excited about my book. Thank you. I'm gonna leave with two quotes from you from this conversation. Give yourself permission to be brave and you are one step closer to achieving it. And second one is, nobody said it's easy to be a happy person, but it's worth it. So we're quoting you with that. Those are beautiful. I will remember those things. And thank you so much for sharing your wise, your wisdom and your energy with us. It's been, been great. Definitely my pleasure. Christy, thank you very much. I appreciate it. And I hope you have a wonderful afternoon. And we'll see you on the next one. All right.